This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 16th chapter. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, They saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb with, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Alleluia! Alleluia! Christ is risen! Alleluia! Christ is risen! Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's good to see you all here. For a time during the Middle Ages, it was reported that preachers sometimes took to telling jokes from the pulpit during the Easter season. After a long Lenten season of strict discipline in an era when life was harsh enough in itself, it seemed good that the joy of Easter should also include some comic relief from the rigors of Lent. However, however, after a while, the practice ceased because the jokes got rather bawdy And that blue humor, followed by boisterous guffaws from the congregation, was finally deemed inappropriate. Well, inappropriate or not, there's something about that historical episode of pulpit humor that rings true. Telling jokes was a pronounced departure from the somber Lenten season, the occurrence of something totally different, a sign that things had changed in a very big way. It was a departure from the gloom served to punctuate the fact that the resurrection of Jesus, with the resurrection of Jesus, everything is now totally different. Everything has changed in a big way. The world will never be the same again. The fear and the amazement of the women at the empty tomb was but a a first sign of the astounding, world-changing magnitude of this event. 
The great theologian Jürgen Moltmann had these eloquent words for us. For human beings who have to die, everything comes to a head in death. If death is the end, then all delight in living is as transitory as life itself. But if life comes from the fullness of God, then this life is divine life. It is the indomitable resurrection life that never ends. He then exulted in the joy of Easter by quoting from the Easter liturgy of the Orthodox Church, the day of resurrection, let us be light on this feast and let us embrace one another. Let us speak to those who hate us. For the resurrection's sake, we will forgive one another everything. And so let us cry, Christ is risen from the dead. What a beautiful declaration. Imagine people forgiving one another no matter even if hatred had passed between them. And this is the future world of the risen Christ who has brought forgiveness to all, has prepared for us a world where all is forgiven. In the joy of Easter, we can get started on it right now. For the sake of the resurrection, we can forgive each other everything. So we exult in the joy of the resurrection promise of new life. But not only we, but the community, not only we, the community of humankind rejoice, the resurrection is an event of cosmic proportion. The hills and the mountains rejoice. The fields and the woodlands rejoice. The seas churn with life and the streams flow with gladness. Birds of the air and creatures of the deep, those that prowl the forests and butterflies that flit among the flowers, all these give praise to the coming of the new creation. For as St. Paul told us, the creation has been groaning with the pains of a broken world. Now this too, now it too, will be delivered from death and decay along with the children of humanity. The women who discovered the empty tomb were told by the angel that Jesus had been raised, and they were terrified, too frightened to tell anyone what they had seen. Not surprising. How would anyone believe them if they did tell about it? Such a thing can hardly be true. Could even they themselves believe it? Was this a cruel trick of some sort? Surely it was too good to be true. But it was true. And because it is true, love will ultimately triumph over hatred, disdain, and neglect. Our acts of love, imperfect and unremarkable though they may be, are far from foolishness. They take on a powerful meaning as a reflection of him who has brought the love of God into the world. With the resurrection, that lovely hymn tells us, love is come again like wheat arising green. Because it is true, because it is true, the war-torn nations of this world are destined, as the prophet foretold, to turn their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And the peacemakers of this world, from nuclear family to international family, are neither fools nor hopeless dreamers. They are heralds of God's future, 
For the Prince of Peace has been victorious over death-dealing demonic powers of this world's principalities and powers. Because it is true, all life is precious, and those who give their lives to defend against tyranny and to protect the lives of others, and those who give their lives to fight oppression and seek justice, and those who work to feed the hungry and heal the sick and company with the lonely and the dying, these are celebrants of life's victory. And because of the resurrection, their care and their sacrifice will never be in vain. Because it is true, the whole world, the whole earth, and all that is within it is destined to flourish forever. The tiny blue flowers that will soon blossom in our gardens, the daffodils that are already on their way, the delicate little finches that turn from winter brown to summer gold, and all the fruits of the earth and its living creatures are loved by God. And so are those who care about them and for them. For the resurrected one is the one in whom all things, together in heaven and on earth, hold together. Because it is true, this place called Lord of Life Lutheran Church has real and abiding meaning and purpose. It is not just an attractive building, an odd little enclave that people sort of wonder about as they drive down Dublin Granville Road in pursuit of truly important business. Pastors, past and future, and their practices of ministry. Musicians and choir directors and choristers who nurture the spirit with their art. Arts committee members who punctuate the message with beauty and symbol. Those who tend to the sanctuary in all its many details for worship and the soundboard. Worship assistants and lectors. Stephen ministers who offer care and prayer, teachers of children and adults who foster discipleship, mission-minded folk in servant ministries who spearhead efforts for the needy, adults who care about the youth, children and youth who kindle our hope for the future, congregational officers and council members who seek to make the most of God's good gifts, Ushers and coffee servers who make us feel at home. Dedicated staff who help communicate the gospel message and make the place a welcome place. Indeed, the entire congregation of people who reach out to each other and then bring the fruits of their faith to their homes and to their places of work and to their civic duties. All these bring to what they say and do something that is beyond themselves, a word of forgiveness that truly redeems, a message of power that truly sustains, a truth that sets people free from all bondage of this life. For the Christ who is God with us has taken the toxic reality of sin with him to the cross and into the divine life to be buried forever with the death he defeated. The Apostle Paul spoke to the Corinthians about just what is at stake here. Paul said, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only, this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. 
But in fact, Paul said, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. In fact, in fact, the tomb was empty. But perhaps the most important fact of all is what happened after Jesus' followers came to know that he had been raised from the dead and then actually saw him in person. It is the evidence that confirms all evidence. The disciples dropped everything and literally gave their lives, many to the point of martyrdom, for the proclamation of the gospel of the risen Christ. And that is not the sort of thing people would do for an odd rabbi who came to a bad end. But it is something one would do for the one who defeated death, even Christ the Lord. Finally, this Easter day, let us not forget the loved ones we have lost, fathers and mothers, children, sisters and brothers, spouses, others of the family, and dear friends. And as we go to their resting places in our mind's eye or in person, perhaps we will meet there the angel of God's future and hear in a clear voice, as those women did, why do you seek the living among the dead? She is not here. She has risen. He is not here. He has risen. Thanks be to God. Amen.